is better. I got to Most people would consider this illegal. 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 Since we are the best and you agree with me, right? No need to debate. 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 To all our peoples out there, you are tuned in to the Fact Center and the Great Debaters. It's your girl, Drea, long E, of course, with the sports spice, no added ingredients. And of course, the fellas are here with their facts, stats, and debate heat. And I'm here with the usual suspects. Tony, what's happening in SF today? You know, it's usually all fog, no smog, but it's a sunny day. Perfect day for a podcast. (laughs) <laughs> and we got Mike and Derek from the Great Debater Squad. Mike, say hello. Great Debater here. Sports game for free. You better get you some. And Derek, how are you living today? Oh, man, I'm, I'm living good. I um, hope you guys are as well and, and excited to get to it. So I got to say, we are very grateful for the people over at 95.7 The Game. We've had Guru and Butcher Boy join in on the pod fun. And now today, we are here with Vontae Hill, who is now part of the 6 a.m. morning show with Kate Scott and Joe Chasky. Butcher Boy. But Vontae, you've been on the grind, and you're now one of the top Bay Area voices in one of the top huh. sports markets. So we appreciate you hopping on today. And so, Bonte, please say hello to our podcast friends and listeners. Man, what is up? Glad to be on here. I'm a little disappointed I got to follow up Guru and Shasky. I know they set the bar high, so. <laughs> uh, but it, it is good to be on with you guys. Derek, know you guys. Tony, Raider debater. He's called my show and berated me many times. Drea, we go <laughs> back as well. So, uh, it's good to be on here. Yeah. And then before we get into it, I think with all of the different guests we've learned along the way is that there's so many different entry points into this sports business, into the world of sports journalism, sports radio, and whether it's through a contest or calling into the lines nonstop. And of course, there's the traditional route of just studying the business. So Vontae, tell us a little bit about your journey, but then also how have you experienced sports world in the crazy year that is 2020? Yeah, that's a great question. First of all, the journey into the sports world, it was it's kind of uh, kind of out of nowhere. You know, I was working at UPS as a supervisor in management, always read the newspaper, always kept up on sports. And that job went awry, uh, basically left the job or fired, whatever, <laughs> whoever tells you the story. Um, and so I was kind of in a, having a midlife crisis at the age of 26, thinking, man, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And so I got some sports writing books. Uh, a good friend of mine sent me some broadcasting books and some sports journalism books. It was like, you know, you're always reading the paper. Why don't you go back to school and try to get into sports? So I go back to City College in San Francisco and walk into the journalism department. It was like, hey, I want to write about sports. What do I need? What do I need to, uh, what are the qualifications? And, you know, they were like, oh, have you taken a broadcasting class before? Which I had done. And so they let me write. And four months later, I got this award for one of the best game stories in California at the junior college wow. level on the spot uh, game story. And so right there to there, I was a sports editor. And so I was actually trying to be a beat writer. I was trying to be like a day-to-day cover to go to state warriors for the San Francisco Chronicle or the Mercury News or whatnot. And when I was at SF State, I transferred over to SF State. And, you know, the journalism department was like, hey, you need to fill out an application. You know, we want you to take our classes. And at that time, 
I had already started writing for the examiner. I was like, well, I'm already getting paid to write. I'm kind of like freelancing in college sports and high school sports and all these odd jobs when it comes to like NASCAR and IndyCar. And so I decided to just do broadcast journalism and have some fun with the radio game. So it was a hobby. It was a hobby, mm-hmm. really. And I got, an in- I got an internship at KBR on the promo team. Uh, going to random grocery stores at seven in the morning, passing out stickers, driving the truck. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And next thing you know, I got in, I got in the door on Sports Phone 680 just answering calls. And basically the rest is history. Started working with Marty Lurie on a weekend with Giants games, obviously with Papa, and then later on with Stiney Goo. And then now here we are in the morning show. So it's been a grind, man. Like I'm, I'm telling you, like early on, I, I was like, where is this going? And every year I started getting promotions, I guess, you know, okay, one year I'm taking calls, one year I'm cutting audio, one year I'm going to the All-Star Games, getting video for the station, one year I'm going to the finals, getting locker room sound, and so on and so forth. So mm-hmm. it's been a grind, man. Like, if you talk about multiple jobs, 18-hour days, you know, then you get the black under your eyes, and I'm like, man, what's going on here? I need makeup. Oh, I'm, looking, I'm looking a little burnt right now. So, uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. So to make a long story short, uh, that's where the grind started, was just walking into a journalism department, uh, at City College of San Francisco, and here we are now. It's kind of surreal to be, you know, on the morning show, the number four market uh, in the country, man. It's just I haven't grasped it quite yet. I'm just like, I, I'm just a kid from the city talking sports. It's what I, you know, what I've basically been doing my whole life. So it's been a hell of a grind, and, and the journey's been it's been real. I, I think it's definitely a great example of, you know, do what you do best and stick with it and have fun during the process, right? But again, like when we were talking to Butcher last week, it's like whatever you do, whether it's your day job or calling in on the radio, just Mm -hmm. give it your all every single time and love what you do. And I think that's a great example of how you guys are on prime time in the mornings right now, for sure. And I just think, man, just want to say, you know, congrats to getting the promotion, being on the the morning roast. You know, it sounds phenomenal. I've, I've tuned in many a different times. You know, me and you, Bonte, has had a love and hate relationship. <laughs> more, more love than hate, though. More no love doubt. than hate. You no know, it, it definitely, just seeing your grind and seeing how you've come up and being a person for me that listened to the radio maybe five years ago and then thinking and, and being a person that, you know, loves Greg Papa, you are a person that made me actually start not liking Greg Papa because I was like, man, let the guy speak. He seemed to always kind of like cut you off, like act like you didn't know what uh, you was talking about. Oh, and all man. I know is that you was bringing the heat for somebody right. that I was listening to about the Niners, but he always seemed to kind of cut you off to the point I'm right. like, my 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 pop, my actual radio pops, I'm mad at because he won't let the young brother speak, <laughs> man. So I'm definitely glad hey. on your grind, man. I'm happy that you're here. And congratulations, my man. Hey, before you talk, Derek, real quick, man, Raider debater, it's funny about that because he would say some wild things. I guess his uh, his former partner in crime and his partner in crime now really doesn't challenge him on those things. If he says some things like, hey, Shaq and LeBron and Magic are the most over, overrated players in NBA history, like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? You can't just throw that out there. You can't just throw little things out there like that. So, you know, yeah, it was definitely that OG who, look, he gave me a shot, got me a contract. I'll forever be thankful for that. But I'm not gonna lie, man. It's been good to. Uh, it, it feels good to spread wings a little bit outside mm. of that show. That's for sure. One hundred. 
Well, definitely. And I, and I think you absolutely deserve it. And, um, you know, just listening uh, to the growth as well. And you sharing that story with us, I think it kind of just is a good example and to remind everybody about, you know, really just following, you know, where your heart takes you. And if you, you know, you put in 100%, you're going to get out what you put right. in. And, no you know, I don't know if you guys remember, but, you know, back in the day when we used to go to vending machines for a soda, right? And a soda was a dollar. Okay, I always tell people, what's going to happen if you put in 99 cents and hit the button for a Coca-Cola? What's going to come out? Nothing, right? right. 99 isn't good enough. 100% is mm. what you got to put in to get I to like where you're that. going. And it's obviously showed in your work. So I just, you know, want to thank you again for coming on and, you know, more, more, let, let's enjoy the sweets of your success. And I'm sure right. that this is just another stepping stone on your way to, uh, to stardom. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. Hey, hey real quick. Uh, you know, I appreciate the kind words, Derek, and look where you guys are at right now. Podcasting. That's where it starts because I was doing that about six years ago. I had three different <laughs> podcasts going on. Uh, Drea knows about the Versus podcast with Eddie Mycinette, and we had Logan Murdoch, believe it or not, was our intern. Now Logan Murdoch, is, uh, <laughs> he's with the Ringer. Um, oh, I had a baseball podcast, a fantasy football podcast, and as you said, Derek, you got to go 100. you got to have a passion. You know, the minute you don't have the passion for this is the minute you need to leave the game. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? you got to enjoy it first. And when people come in and be like, well – the money's not right and this and that. It's like, forget the money. The money's going to come. Mm -hmm. The money will come over time. And, you know, for me, fortunately, the money has started to come. It's about the passion, like you said, Derek, and going 100 every single day and just dreaming about it. Because if you don't dream about it, you don't daydream about it, you don't see yourself in that studio, then what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? You got to envision yourself and have that mindset like, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. I'm going to uh, uh, go through all the hurdles to get to that point and, you know, Guru's a testament to that. Joe Shasky, the Butcher Boy's a testament to that. A lot of people in this game are a testament to that. You guys are a testament to that, to, to not make the dream job final panel, but yet you're still out here grinding and doing podcasts and showing people at 95.7 the game, like, hey, we still out here. We still mm -hmm. hungry. Yeah. You know, you can't stop us, and so we're going to continue to grind until you give us that shot. So uh, I appreciate all the kind words you guys said, man. But as you guys are doing right now, that's where it starts. Right. Well, you know, we are definitely inspired by you and we appreciate the bar that you've set. So we're going to now talk sports, gentlemen. So let's start with the NFL. So the NFL is still a thing, even as COVID makes its way across the league. Uh, but before I get into it, good news. As of now, Cam Newton will be back this Sunday against the Denver Broncos. So I can take a huge sigh of relief that he's well, back. Cam fan, you guys way, can't see, but my I, I nails are now inspired by Cam Newton's yellow fashion drip. Uh, the haters don't like it, but whatever. Anywho, we're going to be spending time talking about the strange case of the San Francisco 49ers. From AFC champs and their Super Bowl, Super Bowl appearance against the Chiefs last year, the 49ers are now dead last in their division. But there are still plenty of games left this year. Can they bounce back from a tough start? And will Jimmy G prove that he has the confidence to take his team to the top? And of course, we got to talk about the Golden State Warriors uh, with Bonte being a Bay Area, San Francisco, day one native. But for now, let's keep our energy on the NFL and let's start with the present. The San Francisco 49ers are gearing up for an important game this weekend against the Los Angeles Rams, who are now four and one. This is an obvious must-win for the 49ers, whose schedule lineup will continue to only get tougher in the season. 
So, Bonte, what are the key things offensively and defensively the Niners must do in order to win against the Rams this Sunday? Well, first of all, they got to protect the quarterback. I mean, the last two games, the quarterbacks of the 49ers have gotten hit 23 times in sack 10 and have been hurried a lot more. So you got to get pass protection. The offensive line is in shambles right now. Uh, two, you got to get consistency in the running game. Uh, the run game hasn't been uh, – you look at the yards per carry and you may say, okay, they're still on par with last year, but it hasn't been as as effective. You look at fourth down and a fourth and short, they're not converting those. They're not converting the fourth and ones in the goal, at the goal line or like they did last week against Miami where Jerick McKinnon, for God, I don't know why Shanahan loves his shotgun fourth and one running play, but it is what it is. It gets stuffed. So it starts up front with the offensive line. you got to have a consistent running game because that is a Shanahan system. And the quarterback's got to play better. And that starts with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's got to play better. His decision-making hasn't been good this year. There's no doubt about that. He had a good half against the Jets. But, again, it's the Jets. That's a JV team. I don't think the New York Jets could beat the Clemson Tigers right now. I'm dead serious. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has to play a lot better. But also, you look at all the injuries of this football team, and it's not an excuse. But when you have IU out in training camp with the hamstring injury, when you have Kittle out with the hamstring injury, when D-Ball's trying to rehab from a Jones fracture, how could you build the timing and the rapport with your wide receivers with a preseason? So now here they are in week four, week five, trying to get all on the same page. And these mm-hmm. teams like the Rams, you know, like the Dolphins, they're all ahead of the 49ers offense in that, in that department when it comes to timing and chemistry. So defensively, look, it's going to be a long year. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. No pass rushers. D Ford is MIA. Bolts is out for the year. Corners are, I mean, they had to do it wearing number 48 last week playing cornerback. Brian Allen. I mean, that's all you need to know about the defense right now. It's just a mess. So I'm looking at this team moving forward, Ridge, and they got to outscore teams by a lot. They got to win shootouts. And right now, I don't have a lot of confidence in this offense to win shootouts. Um, they just got to get consistent and block better. They, it's just a mess right now. And it just feels like it's going to be one of those years. Raider Debater. This, look at Raider Debater on the radio out here with the mic off, man. That's yeah, a he's cool. on mute. That's it. That's a guru <laughs> era right there, Derek. That's what guru does. <laughs> My bad. My bad. Hey, Ray Ratto. Hey, Ray Ratto. Ray Ratto, are you there? Are you there? Hey, My cut bad. your mic on. Mic check. Like, like, like Damon says, let's whip that gerbil. <laughs> hey, man, I'm, I'm still a rookie at this, man. I'm still a rookie at this. But what we do know and what we do not know is that Jimmy G's not a rookie. And him and his relationship with Kyle – is not in rookie status. They've been together now a couple of years, like almost three now, if I'm not mistaken. And Mm -hmm. there's still questions about what's going on as far as does he trust him? Is Jimmy his man? Does Jimmy still have it? It's gone now from, you know, Jimmy fans to Jimmy's want to get him out of town now. And uh, I'm not sure if it's just all him. You know, like you said, the offensive line sucks right now. And I'm looking at, uh, Mr. John Bitten, who's the offensive line coach. Like, I know he has experience with, you know, um, offensive line coaching. He's been an offensive line coach in the NFL since 2000, and I believe, four. But, I mean, come on. I mean, everybody looks confused out there. Lakin Thomason, Trent uh, Williams, they don't know who to block. They don't know where it's coming from. They're letting people come free in. And really, Jimmy G, while nursing a high ankle strain or high ankle injury, he has happy feet because he can't trust the offensive line also. He also can't trust that Kyle Shanahan will run Raheem Mostert more than 20 times. I mean, 11 carries for 90 yards against this pass. I mean, why is Raheem Mostert not getting the ball 
20 times a game. So I don't see it as all on Jimmy G. I do put some culpability on uh, Kyle Shanahan. What do you see, Vontae, like go, moving forward? Jimmy G, Kyle Shanahan, and let's throw in Robert Solid. I mean, we've seen them go to the Super Bowl, but can they get to the Super Bowl, you know, with this trinity of, of, of stars, or do they have to get rid of somebody to be successful? Well, they got to get healthy, right? I mean, I think Garoppolo has proven that without – look, if he's not on the football field, what's Kyle Shanahan's record? It's not pretty. It's yeah. not pretty, right? And so I don't take the whole 22-7 and seven record that Jimmy Garoppolo has as a starter. I don't take it lightly. Now, does he need a running game? Absolutely. But we saw last year in the back nine of the schedule, everybody said, oh, my Lord, the Niners have to play the Ravens, the Saints, the Backers. Oh, they got the Rams. They got to go to Seattle. Jimmy G delivered in those last nine. Yeah, I think he averaged about 285 yards passing a game through 18 touchdowns and six interceptions. He was pretty damn good down the stretch. Now, people were jaded because of how the playoffs went. Minnesota had a good defense. Shanahan decided, you know what, I'm going to take the hand. I'm going to take the ball out of the hands of the quarterback and just run the football, which worked. Everybody gets fixated on, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo only threw eight times against the Green Bay Packers. Well, guess what? The Packers were allowing like seven yards of pop on the ground. What would you rather do? run the football, run clock, and keep Aaron Rodgers on the sideline, or start throwing the ball just to throw it. It's smart football what they did last year in the playoffs. And through three quarters, what nobody wants to hear is that Garoppolo play, outplayed uh, Patrick Mahomes through three quarters of Super Bowl 54. Through three quarters. Now, I know that's just three quarters. But Shanahan has some of the blame here. Shanahan, after every single loss last year, we all looked at Shanahan saying, what's up with his clock management? What's up with his play calling late in games? All four losses they had in 2019. This year as well, what's up with Shanahan's play calling? What's going on here? He's not putting the uh, team in position to win. So I do think they're going to run it back with all that said. In 2021, they'll get healthy. There's not many better options for the 49ers going into next year. You're not getting Trevor Lawrence, a young man out of Clemson. You're, you're not getting a high draft. You may get a high draft pick depending on how the season goes. But what's an upgrade for the 49ers at the quarterback position? I think drafting somebody and letting them sit behind Jimmy for a year to look get the season in, get to see what a veteran quarterback does in the meeting room, on the practice field. That may be the best-case scenario, but I think it would be foolish to just move off of Jimmy Garoppolo just to move off of him. I couldn't agree more. I think that Jimmy G has been catching a little bit of a bad rap, and I understand it starts at the top. So with the quarterback being the, the leader of the team on the football field, it's ultimately going to fall on him. But, again, I mean, let's, let's look at this. There's been five games. He's played a total of eight quarters. So I, I think before we, you know, look at the two and three record, and obviously I'm not happy about it, but if you, if you look at the record, that can't all fall on Jimmy G. I got to agree with you, Bonte, in the fact that the biggest weakness right now for the 49ers is the offensive line. But I, I think that there is a lot to go around uh, in all three phases of the game that, that's led to where we're at today. And as far as Sunday goes and the keys to this Rams game, we need to run the ball. And yep. we need to run the ball a lot. We're going to mm -hmm. have to establish the run, establish it early. And the objective is going to be to keep Goff and that Rams offense off the field. We're going to have to move the chains, get first downs, and eat up some clock. That's going to be the key to victory in my mind this weekend is really establishing the run. The Rams right now, you know, I'm going to sound like a hater, but I think they're overrated at 4-1. and one. All four victories have come against the NFC East. 
They right now are ranking both fourth in offense and fourth in defense. So again, if the Niners can get out there, establish the run, get back to what we do well, it will open up some of the play action for Jimmy Garoppolo to start throwing the ball around to Ayuk and Debo and Kittle. So I, I really like the 49ers in this game, honestly, but I think, you know, we're going to have to get back to what we do best, which is run the football. And one thing that I don't want to forget, Jimmy Garoppolo is 3-0 and against the Rams since he's been with the 49ers, okay? Mm -hmm. He had that win in week 17 in 2017 and the two last year. And not to mention when we talk about, you know, the back end of last year's season, and Bonte, you talked about it with the numbers that he put up. I mean, that Rams game, you know, yeah. the, the third and 16 conversion. Two winning of them. the shootout, <laughs> yeah, winning the shootout against Drew yeah. Brees. I mean, I, I'm not ready to hang this man just yet. You know, it, it was mm -hmm. actually, I know this has been a long, crazy year, but it was 2020 when the San Francisco 49ers were in the Super Bowl. So before we, you know, are, are here trying to run Jimmy G out of town, I think mm -hmm. that we need to give him some more time and let the season develop, let the cake bake. As we know, there's been a lot of injuries this season thus far. And, you know, I don't wish that on anybody, but we don't know that, how that can affect other teams in the division, other teams in the conference to where the Niners may, you know, sneak into the playoffs this year, get hot and go on a run. Um, but you know what? I, I My biggest concern actually has been the defense this year. And, you know, I think we always knew that we were kind of lacking on the back end, but that front seven had really been able to get after it and, and you know, kind of, you know, be a crutch for that secondary. And there's a couple of free agents out there, Bonte. And I wanted to ask you, you know, I think the big name out there is Earl Thomas right now. And, you know, people are all, anytime something happens, oh, you know, this team needs Earl Thomas. The Niners need Earl Thomas. Well, what would you think about a couple names I'm going to throw at you? Ha ha Clinton Dix is out there on the street right now, signed by the Cowboys in the offseason, cut during training camp and an unsigned Clay Matthews, who we know he's on the back end of his career, but he's got something left in the tank. He had eight sacks last year for the Los Angeles Rams. We go out, we sign Ziggy Ansah. He's out for the season with the torn <laughs> bicep. Why not bring in a guy like Clay Matthews? Third down situations, get after it. What do you think about bringing somebody in off the street right now to help bolster this Niner defense? I mean, you, you said Clay Matthews, and, and that's spot on right there because this is what I think about. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, the Niners had brought in Kevin Green for a situational pass rusher back in the late 90s, and it worked out. Uh, they brought in Charles Haley for a playoff game against the Packers. Uh, the catch two with Terrell Owens. Charles Haley was a factor in that game. I always I thought about it. And we've had people come on our station and say, you know, Ziggy Ansah's basically done. And you watch him on, on Sundays where he looks like he's running some net. He's just so slow coming off the edge. So I'm thinking, I'm with you, Derek. Clay Matthews on third down as a, as a pass rush specialist. Why not play him 20, 25 snaps and bring him in? I mean, you're riding Kerry Hyder Jr., who's never played this many snaps before in his career. You're riding Eric Armstead into the ground. The, the great thing about the Niners last year was they had defensive line depth. They could rotate a lot of guys in and out. This year, they don't have that luxury. So why not bring in Clay Matthews with, look, a pass rush helps any secondary. Any secondary. I don't care if you got Deion Sanders back there. I don't care if you got Darrell Revis back there, Charles Woodson, Rod Woodson. It doesn't matter. If you can't get a pass rush and a quarterback has all day to throw, he's going to carve you up. So I'm with you with Clay Matthews. This is something that I threw out there on Twitter a few weeks ago saying, why not Clay? And people say, well, it's the scheme. Niners run a 4-3. I don't care about all that. I'm talking about third down. 
when I need to go get the quarterback, have him stand up out there on the edge and go get the damn quarterback. And he may have a little more juice left. I think he has more juice left than Ziggy Atta ever did. So I'm with you there with uh with Clay Matthews, Earl Thomas. I'm out, I'm out on. I, from what I hear, he's basically watched. You watched the film last year. He's a box safety now. I don't think they need a box safety. Jaquaski chart is just fine there. Ha ha, Clinton Dix is interesting. Um, I'm iffy on him. I'm iffy on him. But if you don't get Sherman back, if you don't get some of these guys back at, uh, at quarterback, having an extra safety back there, kind of running Bill Belichick's defense where he has three safeties back there, why not have Clinton Dix and Jimmy Ward and Jaquaski Tart at the safety spot? So I'm all the way in on Clay Matthews. Ha ha, Clinton Dix, I could be talked into. I'm saying hell no to Earl Thomas. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you on getting Clay Matthews in here, especially how injured you are on defense. You need bodies at this point. And here's the thing about Sala, too. If he doesn't fit your scheme, you need to be a better defensive coordinator. Not only exactly. putting your guys like Brian Allen, who's got a special teams number out there in better position, you mm-hmm. got to be able to fit the bodies and great bodies like Clay Matthews into your system. So, Bonte, I got to ask you something, too, because we had Butcher on last week, and he kind of shut down the DeForest Buckner situation that I had brought up. But I think the best ability still is availability. And the dude is healthy all the time. Besides his rookie season where he only played 15 games and started 15 games, he's played 16 games every other season. We see him out there with the Indianapolis Colts. He's out there balling. And I think the best example is not too long ago from the last Super Bowl run. You had Justin Smith out there. So Justin Smith, with him causing all that havoc in the middle, it opened things up for Alden Smith to go out there and hunt and get his sacks. But if Justin Smith was out of a game, Alden was a little bit more quiet. Ahmad yep. Brooks was a little bit more quiet. P. Mm-hmm. Willie and Bowman behind him weren't hunting and not having to worry about certain things when he was out, right? And when he was in there, it made a big difference. And I compare him directly to what DeForest Buckner was. It's not the sexy numbers guy, but he's the guy that's in the middle and he's a heartbeat of that defense. Because you – I'll be honest with you. We didn't have great corners. You had guys like, right. you know, Bain Brock, Terrell Brown. Yeah. Carlos Rogers was not at – like stud corner Elite corner yeah nah but you had Dante Whitner Deshaun Goldson they were out there and able to hunt because the pass rush was there and somebody like Justin Smith I compare him directly to DeForest Buckner and I think that was the problem this season you know not shedding off of Quan Alexander and uh what's right. his name what's his name because we, we don't Fred even Warner know because he he's not even there I'm talking about D Ford Oh, he's, D Ford, yeah. Oh, he's not man. even there. Yeah. So you had Drake Greenlaw who's ready to come in and not skip a Still beat. Still money. Him. D Ford. Still in money, man. Must and be nice. Had... Real quick, what did Butcher yeah. Boy say about DeForest Buckner? He said he shut you down. What he, he said that it was a smart move to trade him. He said I could not I could not fathom giving the money to somebody like that when he's not Aaron Donald, because there's only one Aaron Donald. And I, I I actually disagree. I thought about that a little bit more. And I'm like, you know Put what? Put your boy flipping, flopping, man. He he. One minute he says, <laughs> oh, "Why do you trade Buckner?" One minute he said, "Oh, you can't pay him that money." Well, you're gonna give Armstead the money. He's four million dollars less exactly. than what you're paying Buckner when it comes to that guarantee. So look, I Buckner. It's more than just what he did on the football field at his stat sheet, right? Like he took on double teams. He yep. opened things up for Bosa. He opened things up for Armstead. He opened up things for D Ford when he was in a football game. Hell, he opened up for, for DJ Jones. DJ Jones when he was making plays for the Niners. DeForest Buckner, when he got traded, inside and outside the organization, people said, really? Really? And that's not the 
throw any shade at Javon Kinlaw because I think Javon Kinlaw is going to be just fine. But when you got the leader of your defense, which we could make the point that the Niners are lacking leadership right now. When you think about all the things they said this week, all oh, the armchair quarterbacks, all oh, they're paying attention to people on Twitter. Relax off of Twitter. Just do your job and execute on Sundays. Why are you worried about the Bonte Hills, the Tony Lees, or the Derek Judge? Why are you worried about us? Go play football. Uh, look, the thing is with, with, with Buckner is that he was the captain of the team. He, solid, he was the glue guy. And you want to keep guys like that around your organization. Everybody was wearing 99 jerseys. 99 Buckner jerseys was all over Levi Stadium. And then you pay Armstead, and Armstead's had a fine year. But I would have done – I would have at least ran it back. You know what I'm saying? Hey, mm-hmm. I'm a franchise tag Armstead. I'm a bring Buckner back on his last year to deal and run it back. I thought they just made the move a little too early not to have Buckner here. So I disagree. I Like, I'm with you here. Buckner is missed, man. I would have found a way to keep DeForest Buckner in the Niners uniform. Tony Lee and Bonte Hill oh. in the same sentence. Hey, man, come on. <laughs> I'm flattered. You know. Hey, like like David Oakley says, I'm a nobody, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked a little bit about some of the offensive and defensive keys for the Niners against the Rams and also talked a little bit about the future of, of coaching for Kyle and for Robert Sella on the team. So now I want us to just transition to a topic that we touched on a little bit uh, in the first uh, in the first few moments here, but it's a it's a topic that's constantly being talked about across the Bay Area, uh, across football, uh, rightfully so. Jimmy Garoppolo, from injuries to confidence, you know there are a lot of things swirling around Jimmy G and his position as a 49ers starting QB. And for me, it's kind of like we're seeing this weird case of Benjamin Button when it comes to his his performance. There's been a little bit of a regression, um, if we're being honest. Derek and Tony, I apologize, but that's just what, what we're seeing. It's like he's moving backwards <laughs> in a way. So, Bonte, talk to us. You know, is the thrill gone when it comes to Jimmy G? Has he been overrated? Are fans overreacting? What's What's your take? Man, the glitz and glamour of Jimmy GQ, right? I mean, the handsome young man who's rocking the Jordan <laughs> cleats and the Jordans, and he could go to Campbell, California, steal all your girls. I mean, that guy, nobody's talking about that guy anymore. I he mean, and it, San Jose too. It, 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 there you go, Santana <laughs> Row. I mean, he was eating for free all over the Bay Area. And now, ever since Super Bowl 54, it was like, think about last preseason, for example. It went from this guy's throwing five interceptions in practice to – can he lead us to a Super Bowl? I mean, just think about that. Think about that. Think about how he raised the bar. Think about when he did get traded to the 49ers and he went 5-0 and and he got the big money contract, $137 million. How many people were euphoric over the fact that they felt like they had their quarterback? They felt like they finally had a franchise quarterback. And when he got hurt, when he got hurt in Kansas City in 2018 in week three, what did every 49er fan say? The season's over. Season's over because Jimmy Garoppolo is God. And all of a sudden, it's like, we can't win without Jimmy Garoppolo. Instant gratification is so funny in sports these days. People got to win now. They flip-flop every single day, week to week. So, look, the glitch and glamour with Jimmy Garoppolo, yes, it's God with the 49er fans. It is God. And is it fair? Absolutely not. It's not. But that comes with the quarterback position. That comes with you. When you're making $27 million a season, you're expected to elevate your offense to another level, and that just hasn't happened in 2020. So, yes, the glitz and glamour, fellas, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's it's God. It is God with Jimmy Garoppolo, whether it's fair or not. You know what? There's a very respectable Bay Area personality and great voice 
and I wish I had taken a screenshot on Twitter because he had said the Jimmy G era is over. And it's Who's getting close. <laughs> Mr. Oh. Bonte Hill, yours truly right there. <laughs> let, let me explain that. Let, right. me, let me explain that one. And I deleted it because I was in my feelings, man. Last week when they're getting blown <laughs> out Miami, the phone, I've oh, never man. seen that phone buzz so more than that <laughs> last Sunday. And TweetDeck was just spinning like a slot machine. I was like, what the hell is going on here? And people were calling and I'm listening to them. Bonte's GBG, and, and it got to me. It got to me. That's why I deleted I said, you know what? It's not over you. yet. I I'm still have you. hope, man. I'm the conductor of the Jimmy G trade. But some of that tweet was, it's Shanahan. Shanahan is basically telling me that it's over. Shanahan is telling me that he doesn't trust Jimmy G. And I'm looking at Shanahan saying, you're the same guy who wanted Kirk Cousins. You're the same guy who passed up on Deshaun Watson and didn't go scout Patrick Mahomes and traded up for C.J. Beathard in the same draft. You're the same one. You're the same one who, oh, you know, Jimmy's got to get better, but I'm going to elevate Nick Mullins and compliment him every single day. So I'm looking at Kyle Shanahan saying it's his fault on why I believe the Jimmy G era is going to be cut short. And then one well, thing I wanted to ask with you mentioning Jimmy G and, and Kyle Shanahan, curious about him getting pulled uh, by Kyle before the end of the game at the half, basically. Do you think that's a precursor to how Kyle really feels about Jimmy G, or was it a matter of just keeping his star QB safe? Oh, he was lying. He was lying through his teeth talking about he was trying to protect Jimmy Garoppolo because if that was mm -hmm. the case, he wouldn't have started over that football game. Kyle Shanahan knows how his offensive line looks. He knows how his team is playing. That was a cop-out. Jimmy Garoppolo, this is where I got on Jimmy Garoppolo for being too nice because this team, this team went out there and flirted with Tom Brady. And if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, he goes, you know, I, I appreciate John and Kyle for letting me know about that. They were very straightforward with that. Screw that. You're the team, you're the quarterback who led this team to the damn Super Bowl. You got to tell Shanahan and Lynch, this is my damn team. Dave, I, I came here when you were an expansion team and won five straight games and beat some good teams. Screw that. Screw that. You got to, Jimmy Garoppolo's got to be, he's got to stop being nice and he should have, at halftime, told Kyle Shanahan, I'm playing in the third quarter. I need to get the rust off. I need to look. I need to mm -hmm. build a rapport with Ayuk and Debo Samuel and Kendrick Bourne again and George Kittle. He's got to stop being nice because Shanahan is trying to play him, trying to play him out of a starting job. So it's all Shanahan for lying like that, saying I'm protecting Jimmy G. No, you're not. You wanted to see what C.J. Beathard had to take, and we saw C.J. Beathard coming to the football game and short hop a wide receiver right away. Shanahan's got to stop. He's got to stop himself from being so damn arrogant. That's my take on that. Well, I, I'm going to say it really bothered me how nonchalant Jimmy was on that sideline. Just to kind of see him out there with no fight. Come on. You're the franchise quarterback. You got it. Like you said, you got to go out there and just show your fire, which I didn't see. And he's standing there with his mask on like, Jimmy, ain't nobody catching nothing from you, especially when you can't pass today. <laughs> and look, I'm not saying, you know, bench him right now and just, you know, take him out for the rest of the season. But all I'm saying is he doesn't look like he's a long-term answer. And so you've got to start searching, whether it's through the draft, whether it's maybe looking at options like if the Jets finish with the first pick, maybe we go after Sam Darnold. I mean, look, you put Russell Wilson in this current situation, he's 5-0. and Hell, you put Matthew Stafford or Ryan Tannehill in the situation, they're 4-1. I wish there was that magic starburst that Guru can give him where he could just chew it and do it, but oh, wow. I don't oh. think that blue starburst <laughs> exists. <laughs> so we're going to have a rough season. We got to start looking towards the future. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you know, and, and Bonte, we had, we had actually talked about this as a group collectively. And 
you know, I think that it's unfortunate that today in sports and especially football, uh, it, it, it's so much of a what have you done for me lately business. You're only as good as your last pass. And, and that last interception against Miami looked ugly. But, I mean, come on. Let's, let's get real here. The man is 22-7 and seven as a starter. Yep. I remember actually last year listen, listening to, to uh, Bonte Steiny and Guru on 95-7 The Game and listening to Steve Mariucci when you guys would have him on. And he had talked about, and, and this really stuck with me, that quarterbacks don't get paid for style points. They get paid to win. This is not gymnastics. This is not figure skating. This is about winning football games. And Jimmy Garoppolo wins football games. So we, we know, look, he's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. He, he's not going to be Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson. But what Jimmy Garoppolo is, is a winner. And, you know, I think that if, if you're Kyle Shanahan and you truly want to move on from him, then if we get a bad showing on Sunday night, I don't see him playing again for the rest of the year. I believe he's got an injury guarantee in his contract. If we really wanted to move on from him, you could find a way to sit him for the rest of the year, keep him healthy, take the $2.8 million in dead cap hit next year, and go ahead and move on. But I got to agree with you. What are the other options? Right. What are the other options out there right now? And we just have not seen enough. All seasons are not going to be created equal. Last mm -hmm. year, the ball bounced our way. I mean, think about it. You know, some of those games that came down to the wire, you know, the, the big, you know, tackle at the one-yard line against Seattle. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the last-minute comebacks against the Cardinals and the big Kittle play, which I will never forget for the rest of my life, against the Saints. Sometimes those plays go against you. But it, it's something that reminds me about when people talk about next year, especially in sports. I don't believe in that. There's no such thing as next year. Last year was our opportunity. We blundered it away. Up 10, 7 minutes, 17 seconds to go. Last year, listen, if Jimmy Garoppolo would have hoisted the Lombardi Trophy last year and then came into this year starting 2-3, and three, we would not be calling for his exit. So I think we need to pump our brakes a little bit and understand that it's not always going to be pretty. We're five games into a long 16-game NFL season, and the man is a winner, 22-7. and seven, And that's what I want, Bonte. I want winners. I, I, I'm oh. ready for that Draymond smoke, Drea. We get some okay. Draymond smoke okay. in here. I was going to say, y'all see, see the little <laughs> here. Great stuff, Derek. So we no, did get point. into a lot of 49er talk, Jimmy G, Kyle Shanahan. We got our eyes on a little bit of everybody to explain what's happening with the season. But we're going to take a quick time out on the conversation. And when we come back, it'll be all Dub Nation on today's podcast with Bonte Hill and the crew. So don't go far.
Hey world, Drea here, Long E, and we're back with Bonte Hill from 95.7 The Game and the usual podcast suspects. Tony, Mike, and Derek, and Cy will be back next week from the Fact Center and the Great Debaters Squad. Make sure you tap in with us on all your social medias. So we just wrapped our segment on the San Francisco 49ers and the convo did get a little juicy. The glitz and glam might be over for the Bay Area fans when it comes to Jimmy G, but we're still holding out onto some hope that Jimmy G is still the guy for the 49ers. So now talking Golden State Warriors. This is a critical offseason coming up for the Dubs. With a lackluster college draft to pick from and leveling up required to keep up with the Wild West, especially the now 17-time NBA championship team, the Los Angeles Lakers, a lot of big decisions are coming up for the organization. And, you know, we couldn't talk Warriors with – we couldn't not talk about the Warriors with Vontae here um, so let's just get right into it. Uh, so, Bonte, the Warriors are number two in the draft, slated for November 18th. And there are some very interesting free agents available on the market in this offseason. So, for Bonte, are the Dubs equipped to stand pat in this offseason, or does a big shakeup need to happen? And is this current squad good enough to challenge the Lakers next season? Ooh, great question. Great question. Is a big shakeup needed? I'm not sure. Like, if you're talking about trading Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins, then you better be getting something good in return. And when I say good, I'm thinking Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and maybe Giannis good. I think that's unrealistic. If I'm the Milwaukee Bucks, I hang up the phone right away saying, Draymond and Wiggins, are you kidding me? For Giannis and Tedekumpo, I'll take my chances with him testing free agency. But I do like the core. I like the championship mentality that Steph Curry, Clay Thompson – and Draymond Green brings. I think Draymond Green took last year off. He took it off. And it was at times unacceptable, right? The way he played, the way he kind of checked out mentally. But I think after hearing all the noise, you know, he's hearing noise from Warrior fans. They basically turned on him. They want Draymond Green out of here. They've forgotten about the DPOY awards. They've forgotten about the three championships. They've forgotten about Draymond Green being the hardest soul of this team. So I think he sat back, did his little hits on TNT. He's been in the gym working now. I think he's going to be solid. And I think there's going to be some veterans that see the Warriors saying, you know what? If I see them in a seven-game series, I may not want to play them. However, they got to get bigger and more athletic. We saw Anthony Davis. I know LeBron won the finals MVP, but Anthony Davis was different. His rim protection, the way he defends on the perimeter, his size, they got to get bigger because out West, it is a gauntlet. You got bigs now like Jokic and Anthony Davis dominating. Luka Doncic, is Klay Thompson going to be able to hang with Luka Doncic coming off a torn ACL? So I'm not sure what the shakeup is going to look like, but they need an infusion of athleticism and size. And who – is it Dwight Howard for 20 minutes a game? Is it Gallinari who can shoot the ball? Is it Serge Ibaka? I have no idea. No idea. But this is no doubt a big offseason for the Warriors because I think they're close, really, really close to getting back into contention. Well, I think there's um, legitimate reasons on why, you know, some are out on Draymond Green. And I'm one of those persons you already know. Um, and I love, actually, Draymond Green as a person. I think he epitomizes – like the Bay Area, and even when the Warriors were in Oakland, like a mm -hmm. town native, like even though he's not from Oakland and not from the Bay Area, somebody from that team, if you were to say, who do you think is from the Bay Area? It would be Jer Draymond Green. He kind of like 
engulfed and, 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 and made some of the culture. So, so some of who he is is what mm-hmm. the culture is out here. And I think that's why a lot of people love him in, you know, Bay Area land and in Warriors land. But I think, you know, the numbers, sometimes they lie and sometimes they don't. With him, I think they have not been lying. I mean, he's been on a steady decline the last five years. And it really opened my eyes probably in the NBA Finals. You know, I was really big on Draymond Green. And actually at the time thought that Draymond Green was probably maybe the best defensive player ever. If you ever would have put him up against any other defensive player, even like a, a Bill Russell, you know, that a lot of people believe is the best you know, defensive player. But if you look at it, Will Chamberlain was in his league and, and torched him in the games that they had. So how could you, like, be the best right. player? And somebody, to- you know, your team was better. But you individually against this man, he break- beat the brakes off of you. And Draymond Green was beating the brakes off everybody else, you know, in the last couple of years with his defense. But steady decline, Vontae. I'm talking about career eight points, six rebounds, six assists. Five years of games decline. I'm talking about games started every year in the last five years. Last five years, decline field goal percentage, average of rebounds, average of assists, average of three-point percentage. That's not pretty. That's not good. And you can say, oh, it was was because KD was here. And you can also say he may have ran our best player, KD, up out of town. (laughs) And now he's here, you know, with a big, humongous contract. How are we going to get off that? Really, the starting five is probably the biggest NBA team as far as contract ever, as far as the biggest, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, combined salaries salary there you go there you go so it sounds like you feel like you know they only need one piece but what is it no they need more they they need more greater debate there and i think they need a bench nobody's talked about the bench what made the warriors so good during that five-year run was they had agadala and livingston and at times barbosa most spades javel uh they had guys coming off the bench and contributing I think that may be the bigger issue with this team moving forward. Look, the starters are going to be the starters. And I think Draymond, if he could just get back up to 32 to 33% from the three-point line, I think he'll be fine. He did need last year off, off after all the wear and tear. And the contract, I was a little befuddled of when they – the timing of the contract. Like, make Draymond play in the contract year. Make him earn that money. But it is what it is. I think greater debater, they need a few pieces off that bench. That's where yeah. they're going to make it or break it. Because when you take Steph off the floor or Clay off the floor, that's where you got problems. And the Warriors need to desperately, desperately need get some veteran scoring, veteran presence off the bench. I think they need a few pieces here to get back, you know, to the level of the L.A. Lakers. Now, before I pass it off to Derek, just one thing I want to say. Can Clay keep up with Luka? Is that a real statement? He's coming off a torn ACL. He's coming off a torn ACL. Anyway, okay. Luka, Donovan Mitchell, you know, Jamal Murray. The boys have gotten better. That ain't easy defending those guys, man. Recency bias. Recency bias. I'll say it. Luka's a problem. Derek, what are your thoughts? (laughs) <laughs> well, first and foremost, I just want to real quick touch on something that, that Mike snuck in there. But Draymond definitely didn't run the best warrior out of town because the best warrior is Steph Curry. And that, that's hands down, okay? Um, re- real transcended the game of basketball. Kevin Durant hasn't transcended anything at this point. He's an all-time scorer. And, um, yeah, he's a sniper. He is not Steph Curry. So as far as what the Warriors are going to need, I, I think that the big question is, is, is what they're going to do and what is the 
you know, is it going to be the same sort of identity that they run with, or are they going to look to play a lot of small ball? Um, you know, obviously, you know, playing in the West now, you're going to be matching up with Anthony Davis, you know, several times a year and into the playoffs. And I think that's one place where the Warriors are lacking. I do think, you know, and again, I know that this is going to be very unpopular for me to say, and I'm going to sound soft, but I'm okay with Draymond kind of taking last year off just due to the fact of, you know, we already knew no play. Then when Steph goes out and breaks his hand, listen, it's a lost season. Like you talked about with his decline, he's got miles on his body. What we have to remember, when you go through these championship runs, we're not just talking about an 82-game season now, right? We're talking about with the preseason, the playoffs, everything. You're playing over 100 games a year. There's miles on that body. He plays hard. I'm okay with him kind of, if we want to quote-unquote say he took a year off last year to get into this year. And I think that Joe Lakeup knows that they are poised to compete again and make another championship run. And there's so many names out there. But let me ask you this, Bonte. What do you think about a guy like Aaron Gordon? You know, a, a, a versatile mm -hmm. forward. He's not going to be a superstar. Okay, but you could put Draymond at the five. Obviously, Aaron Gordon's gonna gonna play power forward. Mm -hmm. But you know, I I, I know he, again he's not a superstar, but he is a two way player. I mean, what what do you think about a guy like Aaron Gordon? And even if that meant us having to give up the number two pick, you know, a lot of people talk about Aaron Gordon. I've heard his name thrown around for about three years now. When it comes San Jose to the day one, uh, exactly Everybody. Archbishop Biddy, Archbishop yeah. Biddy. San Jose, he's got that connection. You know, it's a true story. I saw Aaron Gordon. I covered one of his high school games when they played at St. Ignatius in the city. And Aaron Gordon, true story, went one for 12 from the free throw line. I was like, man, this guy can't shoot. But he's gotten better in that department. But from back in high school, he's gotten better and better and better. Aaron Gordon's a nice piece, but who you giving up? Number two pick? I don't know about that. If I'm giving up the number two pick, give me Nikolai Vucevic. I'd rather have Vucevic, who can hit the three consistently, can grab rebounds. He was a dog in that Milwaukee series. Like, Eric Gordon, I know he didn't play in that series, but Eric Gordon is a nice piece, depending on what you give up. But it's funny how all the Warrior fans, that's the name that always comes up. What about Eric Gordon? What about Eric Gordon? That'd be nice, but it all depends on the package, Tony, or Derek. I got you. I got I you. Yeah, no, and, and, and I think just, you know, looking at, what the Warriors, I mean, so so then let me kind of transition here is what would you see as the best fit for the Warriors with this number two pick? And I know it's kind of a loaded question because, you know, our, our, our you know, what would the trade package mm -hmm. be? But what would you do with that number two pick right now? If I keep that pick, I'm taking Wiseman. I'm taking Wiseman. Okay. I agree um, with that. Uh, well. You know, he's he's athletic. He's got the size. And it's just, I, I respect too many people when they tell me, one guy told me, hey, Bonte, man, this guy reminds me of Chris Webber. Mark Spears, ESPN, hey, Bonte, he reminds me of a young baby KG. We talked to a high school coach mm -hmm. who uh, coached against Wiseman in the state championship out there in, uh, what was it, Tennessee, out in Tennessee. And he said, this guy has a little Chris Boss to him. Look, I don't, that, those are lofty expectations. These are some of the greatest of the greatest, right? But if you, in that company, and I'm hearing a lot of guys say this guy has this type of upside along those Hall of Famers. And I know Chris Webber's not a Hall of Famer yet. And Chris Boss one day will be a Hall of Famer as well. I, I like Wiseman. I just I just think the Warriors need size. And they need somebody who can who can do some things on a perimeter at that size. So I'm taking Wiseman. I'm out on LaMelo. I'm out on Obi Toppin. <laughs> I'm out on Anthony Edwards. Give me Wiseman, man, because this team is desperate for size. Trackers, it scares me. That's all. 
Todd Fuller and Patrick O'Brien. Like, yeah, that's a big, problem. Big guys scare me, so that's yeah. all. I'm saying. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> I will say, I'm here for Lamelo to the Dubs. I feel like that's planning oh, for the future. We got a plan nope. beyond the Splash Brothers. She wants the headlines. I'm it's, just saying. She wants the purple hair. It's the purple hair getting dad, through. His dad has been quiet, so that's oh, a good for, thing. for now. Like his dad is not gonna mess up till he gets drafted. Yeah, until he gets drafted and start taking about each and start over Steph. Oh, no. <laughs> no that's, that, that's, that's exactly what, what the headline will be, is, is right. that he's better than Steph and he should be starting. And I'm going yeah, to quote, I'm gonna quote Drake, don't do it. Please don't do it. <laughs> no, definitely. I'm, I'm definitely 100% with Dre on this one. LaMelo Ball to the Dubs. He's the combo guard that the Dubs Oh, regular right debater. Uh, LaMelo we, Ball. Oh, me and Mike, me and Mike, we here. You know what, Mike? I, I, you know what? I'm actually not surprised with Mike because he's still holding <laughs> on to those dreams that Harrison Barr will one day be a Golden State Warrior again. And I always have to remind Mike: Look, he had a chance to get the money. He had a chance to oh, sign man. with the Warriors. He had a chance to prove the Bate Hills of the world that he is worthy of wearing a Golden State Warrior uniform. And my man went five for 20, 32 in the twenty sixteen finals of the last three games. And that, he played himself out of the Bay Area. And Mike Snow wants him back. I can't. Oh, Mike. I of course feel, he's I feel like this could be a whole – we can dedicate a whole here. segment to to that. But I know we're at the end of today's podcast. And, Bonte, it's been a very good time with you. We appreciate you jumping on. But before we go, we do want to play a few quick rounds of Sports Jeopardy if you okay. have some extra time. Okay. So we're going to give you a statement, and then you'll give your response or answer in the form of a question. So I'll right. play Alex Trebek uh, today. So we're going to start with the first one. Like his father, the thir this 31-year-old loves to gorge on popcorn so much that he maintains power popcorn rankings for all 30 NBA arenas. Who is Steph Curry? Uh, okay, you got it. That was the easy one. <laughs> Let's go. Jock pretty oh, champ right. right here. Jock pretty oh, champ. Dan Dibley, Dan Dibley got nothing on me. To chime in with some <laughs> tough questions, uh, Derek, Tony, and Mike. All right, so for the $200 question, with a play against the Dallas Cowboys, this player became the first player in NFL history to surpass 1,000 yards, both rushing and receiving, in the same season. Who is this? Who is Roger Craig? Yeah, you got all right. it. All, all right. right. Okay. So I'm sweating this... a little bit here. I'm sweating. Okay. Okay. It's a hot day. Yeah, Man, I'm sweating <laughs> here. <laughs> all right. So this player is the only player in AL baseball history to steal 100 bases in a season, and he would go on to do it three other times. Uh, who is Ricky Henderson? Come on now. There you go. Pretty Ricky. Right, these are easy. Okay. All right. Throw, throw him a hard yeah. one. Throw him a hard one. Okay. This Give is the last curveballs. These little softballs, huh? All right. Here's a cutter. <laughs> a cutter's coming. All right, I, I can feel it. All right. Before the Golden State Warriors, Joe Lacob was the primary financial backer of this team. Oh, who are the Boston Celtics? Come on, Drea. That's it. No. That's what I said. What? <laughs> the primary financial backer of this team. Primary. Oh, primary. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. You got to get insider info from Butcher, man. We had... We had got him on this last <laughs> week. <laughs> oh, man. Primary. It was a soccer team, wasn't it? No. I, I'm blanking. I don't know this one. Man, okay. We got to have Kate Scott on here because I feel uh, like Kate would know these answers. The San Jose Lasers, the first women's professional basketball team. Before that's the right. 
That's right. Dang wow. Wow. You that's a good one. Too. I would boss the show. Yeah, he was a minority. <laughs> yeah. Damn. All right. So I know we have reached the end. That was a very fun round of Sports Jeopardy. And Bonte, of course, we appreciate you and we are inspired by you. And thank you for joining us today. And fellas, you always know what it is. I appreciate y'all for dropping those stats and facts that you do every week. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. We're going to be bringing you that Fact Center and Great Debaters Heat Weekly, so make sure you are tapped in, and make sure you follow us on all your social medias, and don't forget to get you some more, more Bay Area Sports Talk wherever you listen to your favorite podcast that was inspired by uh, Raider Debater, the get you some statement. So <laughs> we will catch you all next time. Thank you for tuning in, and we will be back. Thank you, Bonte. Appreciate you guys, man. Thank you, Bonte. Thank you, my man. Keep doing your thing, man. Let me know when y'all want me back, man. We'll do it again soon.